For over 20 years, I've had a weight issue that was masking a deeper issue, food addiction. Welcome to Foodiction, a podcast about food addiction recovery. I am your host, Julie Hatch. Alrighty, this is the third attempt of me trying to get this message out. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. I'm not even going to go into detail with the string of things that have happened this morning that have almost made this feel impossible to me. Oh, so frustrating. Okay. We're here now. That's good. Even though it's not morning time and it's more like lunchtime, (laughs) this message has got to get out there. I had a huge epiphany this morning and I have to share with you all about what led up to this epiphany and what it means. I'm excited to share it because this is a big deal for me. I, I, it's new, new, new information. It's like something connected in my head and it was like, oh, which I know you guys have had lots of aha moments. Okay. First, I'm going to start out with some news that's insignificant really to you, but leads into my point. So I'm going to share what happened this past week. This is the time of year when you can re-enroll for your insurance, your medical insurance, dental insurance, vision insurance, right? And usually my husband and I typically just go with whatever the company, his company offers. Whatever his company offers, we just do that plan. And we've been doing this since the day we've been married. So for like 15 years, we've been doing it this way. Just whatever the company is offering, that's what we'll take. And the insurance that we were using decided that they were going to make it so that there was a flat rate. It didn't matter if you had a family of five or a family of three, you were going to pay the same, which in my mind puts a smaller family at a disadvantage. Both my husband and I were were tired of paying $1,200 a month for just three people. It seemed excessive. So this, this year we thought, you know what, let's Let's talk to our insurance broker friend and see what she has to say. Maybe there's a plan that's cheaper that will meet our needs. Well, we found a plan that was cheaper, lots cheaper, and I think is more suitable for the needs of our family than our previous medical insurance. And we are saving hundreds and hundreds of dollars. It's a large chunk of change, not small, large. So, Based on that, I would suggest to anybody and recommend to anybody, if you feel like you're paying out the nose for medical, dental, or vision insurance, get together with an insurance broker. I know that our insurance broker didn't charge us because she receives kickbacks from the companies that she submits applications for, for her clients. So she gives the client the savings. So perhaps there's others out there that will also do the same. Um, If you live in Utah, she lives in Bountiful, and her name is Heather Woody. I strongly recommend her. Talk to her. Okay. (laughs) Little shout out for Heather Woody. But here's what this means, and here's why I'm telling you this. What this means, though, is that I'm changing doctors because my former doctor, the doctor that I've been using through this whole Brightline Journey plan, doesn't, doesn't accept the new insurance that we're buying. So this makes me feel all kinds of interesting emotions. (laughs) I will preface this by saying that leading up to this, I have 
noticed that I'm struggling with consistency in my diet plan. Now, this doctor that I've been seeing is the one that did my blood panel, the one that did my annual exam, the one that is my accountability partner, the one that placed me on bright line eating and addressed my food addiction um, as a means to heal some of the health problems that I was having. It's just one of several approaches that she took with me. And, and I understand logically, I understand why she did it. And I, I fully support why she did it. However, in no longer having her as a doctor, something interesting happened. I suddenly felt free to entertain the thought of a different avenue, a different plan. However, this, the reason this is interesting is because I know better. I am not a person that deals with moderation well. I don't deal with moderation well. I am not the kind of person that can have a bite of cake and then be okay. I'm not the kind of person that can have a whole bag of chips and be okay. I have a food addiction. I know this. And I have a high susceptibility to food addiction. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm like a 10 plus plus. So I know that entertaining other plans is probably going to be a waste of my time. Why? Because most plans don't address address addiction and they allow you to eat things in moderation, whether it's like a special Jenny Craig cake, chocolate cake, or, you know, an Optavia brownie. There's fillers, there's there's sweeteners, right? And they allow you to cheat, so to speak. But this has never worked for me personally. (laughs) This has never worked for me. So I don't know why my mind would just revert to this. Hmm, maybe I should entertain looking into other different avenues. I'm not sure what that is all about other than it makes me question my why. Am I doing this for my doctor or am I doing this because I really want to overcome food addiction? I am in a position where I realized that I need to recommit and I need the why not to be her, but to be me. That's number one. I need to shift that to me so that I take responsibility for that, right? Now, I thought that would be just enough, but there was something going on and I was still inconsistent even after choosing into this plan for myself still inconsistent, not with sugars and, and stuff like that. Not so much with that. It was foods that are on plan, but eating them whenever I want and eating as much as I want. That's where I I am struggling. That's where the inconsistency is showing up. So this led me on a journey of seeking out answers. I found myself There's different things. Some of it just kind of I stumbled upon. Some of it wasn't just, you know, hard research where I had to go and Google it or read books about it or listen to podcasts about it and experts about it. It wasn't, it's not all like that. Uh, Some of it kind of just because I was looking for it, I recognized it and it kind of fell in my lap, whether it's through social media or a friend, something someone said, yada, 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 right? I came across a post that was all about the 12 steps during the holidays. 
that was one of those things I stumbled across and I went, Ooh, I want to save that. I want to read that and I want to take the suggestions and I want to do that. I love that it addressed the holidays. I loved that. And I also came across an email from Brendan Bouchard and his team. He's, he is a, a life coach that I really gravitate to. And I'll share what he said a little later, but it's interesting because you can kind of see what your question is just by observing or just by paying attention to what you're gravitating towards. Why am I gravitating over and over towards things that apply to the holidays or things that will help me during the holidays? I also came across a post in one of my groups with Erin Hart. It was her group. And she's actually going to be a special guest. I'm interviewing her later today. We're doing a pre-record and her podcast will be available on the 28th. So I can't wait. But in her group, she shared a ton of recipes that you could make during the holidays, special meals. Oh, great. So for some reason, I was, you know, kept the, it was on my radar. Holidays was on my radar. How am I going to, because I've been wanting to know, how am I going to get through the holidays? How am I going to do this? I've never successfully been able to get through the holidays. How on earth am I going to do this? I tried the whole eat in a separate room, eat separately, bring your own food. I've tried everything and still managed to derail. So you can imagine why I would want to stock up on resources and anything and everything prior to Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? I left BLE right around, it was December when I derailed and I never went back to it after I had lost, I, I had released some weight, but I stopped and it was because I derailed during the holidays. It's a big, big, super fat fear of mine holidays. There's a lot of anxiety surrounding the holidays for me this year. And it has to do with my health and my goal. I realized something when I came across this email from Brendan Bouchard, I'm probably pronouncing his last name wrong. Bouchard, I think it's Bouchard. (laughs) Brendan Bouchard. When I came across this email, I thought this is truly an answer to prayer because I've been praying about this and I know the Lord has been mindful and I know that I asked him for help. And so when I come across these nuggets of truth that hit me between the eyes, I I tend to feel that God had a hand in that somehow. (laughs) And this was no different. So let me just tell you what this email said. This email was talking about how Brendan Bouchard discovered more recently that people aren't tripping up over fear. He said, we, we have been fearful over a lot of things and we've even failed because of those fears, but we have learned how to get up. We have the tools we know, and we have carried on in spite of those fears. We carry on and we push forward or we've worked through the fears. We know how to do that. That's not what's tripping people up. What's tripping people up is a lack of confidence. He said a lack of confidence. People either don't feel like they are capable to do something well or to execute something well, or they feel like they're not good enough. 
when he was talking about this in his email, it really sparked something in my mind, a memory, because when I went to school, I had learned that one of the core faulty beliefs that, that there's like one of four that I was taught. And one of them is I think I'm not good enough or I feel I'm not good enough. That was one of the core uh faulty beliefs that people struggle with, one of the main ones. So when he was talking about that, it made so much sense to me. But I hadn't figured out how that applied to me. I hadn't, I didn't have time at the time to really marinate on what he was saying. But I remembered, I am going to remember this. It's new information. I need to entertain this thought a little bit more and really think about what he's saying. It resonates as powerful and true there's something here. And I, here's the weird thing. I don't usually check my emails. I don't, I don't usually check my emails, but for some reason I checked this one and I didn't even see what the title of the email was. So it was meant to be, but I'm going to tell you something that was the beginning of learning a truth and a principle that I believe will surely help me the rest of my journey. It looks like this. If I am lacking confidence in something, then maybe that's why I've been inconsistent. So I've had this inconsistency issue and I knew I kept trying to learn about it. I, I found articles on it. I, I read all about it and it was kind of the same stuff that I've heard before having been in the coaching industry. There was nothing really new. I just knew, man, I have a problem with being inconsistent. Why am I struggling so much? And no matter what I came across, I tried all the tips. Excuse me. I, I, everything that I was reading was stuff that I had already heard before. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I'm just complicating it. Maybe it's really as simple as these things and I just need to do them and, you know, see what happens again, even though I feel like I've already done these things. But then when I heard and not heard, but when I read the email, that presented this new idea that we're not struggling with fears. I have this big fat fears of fear of the holiday. Yes, I'm leading up to it. I'm already being inconsistent, but why? And the key was exactly in what he said, because your confidence affects your consistency. <coughs> if you are not confident that something is going to work or you've not, you've not learned that it will work because you've not had the experience, it will show up in your habits. It will show up in the way that you eat and the way that you care for yourself. It shows up in all of those ways. It can show up financially. It can show up physically. <coughs> whatever that, whatever that thing is that you're working on, if you're not either confident in the plan or you're not confident in yourself that you can execute the plan, then it's, then you're going to, it's going to show up as inconsistencies in your life. That was my epiphany this morning. I went, oh my gosh, how did I not put those two things together? Of course, this makes complete sense. And I feel like I've even heard this before, but I wasn't ready to really learn the significance of that. Or maybe it just didn't apply to whatever I was going through in my life at the time. Maybe I just wasn't ready to hear it. Or maybe it just didn't apply to, you know, that 
phase of my life, but now it didn't. The, the timing of coming across this and having this epiphany is so serendipitous. It's perfect. Now I can look and go, okay, I've been focusing on the holidays and all of these things. And I've, and I know that consistency played a part in it, part in it. And I know that commitment and determination plays a part in that. But the real issue is confidence. This leads me to the next subject and it ties in with it. I'll, I'll wrap it up in a bow, bring it all together in the end and summarize it all for you. But let me hit on the next thing that this brought to my attention, self-care. There's a lot of touting self-care that happens uh, on social media a lot through my friends and through the coaching, the coaching industry. There's a lot of emphasis on self-care, 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 like as if that is the answer to all of your problems, just take time out for yourself, do something for yourself, and then you'll have the energy or the wisdom or all of that, and you'll be fine. I'm actually going to disagree with, with that. I, I really don't subscribe to self-care because it focuses your attention on self. And we are human beings, and we are spirits, and we are imperfect. We are limited by our weaknesses until we can learn how to overcome our weaknesses. So if you haven't learned it, if you haven't learned what you need to learn in order to do better, then perhaps you aren't really the person you should be turning to. So self-care is, it's, it's definitely important to have boundaries. It's definitely important to take time out for yourself. I'm not suggesting that all of those things aren't important or that self-care isn't important, but I don't like calling it self-care, nor do I like putting the emphasis on self because while we may be limited, God is not, he is not limited and he should be first and foremost, our first number one focus. I say that because as a God, he's omnipotent. He is all knowing he's light and love. He's which light is knowledge. Like he knows us better than we know ourselves. So why wouldn't we turn to him first? I want to call it God care. There is a part in that, yes, that we need to accept responsibility for. So I get why we call it self-care because it's addressing the responsibility that we have over ourselves. However, why not start first with God? That is my argument. Why not start first with him? Here's what I'm noticing. As I have been experimenting on this, I'm noticing something interesting because I, my thing is what would happen if I didn't turn to myself first and I turned to God first for the remedy, instead of turning to myself first for the remedy, what would happen if I turned to God first for the remedy? The result of that has been peace, has been energy, increased energy, has been joy, has been discovery, has been inspiration and personal revelation. It's included his guiding hand in my life. It's like a shortcut <laughs> and it's a direct shortcut to exact the exact remedy I need. Whereas when I turn to myself, like part, there's different parts of self-care and I get that. There's the things like read a book, 
you know, soak in the tub, treat yourself, you know, there's that. There's also the set and maintain your boundaries, um, you know, get sufficient sleep, um, write in your journal, all of those things. And it all looks like self-care, right? But sometimes you can do those things and still not have the answer you're seeking. I feel like self-care and that approach is temporary. Whereas when you approach God first and you do God care first, it's longer lasting and it's more immediate. Interesting. And here's the other thing I've noticed that when I focus on, you know, there's lots of aspects of being the, the people that we are, right? There's many aspects of our life. There's emotional, there's mental, there's spiritual, there's financial, there's physical, there's um, relationships. There's all of these different factors that make up our lives. And over the years, I've kind of just, whatever I struggled with, that's the area I focused on. But I changed that and I started focusing on the spiritual. Like if I spoke, focus on spiritually nourish, nourishing myself, which is why I have been doing the whole God first thing. But if I, it's not, if, if I do that, what will happen? It's, it's interesting because the result of that has been, I have the energy, I have the wisdom even, and the guidance to address all the other areas. So if I take care of the spiritual, my spiritual needs first, then the rest tend to fall in place automatically and work themselves out. It's like this snowball effect or this trickle effect. If you imagine like skipping a rock and all the rings that it leaves in the water, you know, and it, as it jumps, it, it feels like that. If I start with the spiritual, then everything else falls into place. If I start with spiritually nourishing myself, whether it's through meditation or prayer or fasting or talking to God, you know, uh, um, carrying a prayer in my heart, serving, I then have the means necessary to address all the other factors of my life and, and, and address it more effectively and quickly. It's remarkable. So now I don't worry about the physical, the financial, all of those other aspects. The only one that I worry about now is my spiritual, because I know if that's in check, if that's being nourished, if that's being taken care of, then everything else will be taken care of along with it. Because, and this is why it says in scripture, there isn't a separation between what is temporal and what is spiritual. Spirit is in everything and all things. Spiritual applies to everything. Yet, it's interesting to me that somehow along the way that got stuffed away into a category when really that's like the whole umbrella, you know? It almost doesn't belong in a category. I think it encompasses all the other categories of what makes up our life. So I have found that when I'm spiritually in check, when I have gut checked myself and I feel spiritually strong, I am stronger in other areas. So that's now my only focus. And if I want to, if I want to nourish myself, myself spiritually, then the person that I need to turn to is God. I've had to make decisions about that, about whether I want to believe in God or not. And I had to kind of look at the pros and cons of that. I had to look at 
the costs of not believing in God versus the, the blessings of believing in God. And that's really interesting, but that too has also helped me understand the importance of God and why we need God and why he's such an integral part of my healing, especially with this addiction and why that connection with him is so important. It also helps me know myself. It also helps me know myself because if he is our creator and he created this world and he created man, then I'm sure he has a lot to say about us and can teach us a lot about ourselves. <laughs> so this consistency thing, this confidence thing, I think the reason that faith is so confidence building is because God can do, he, there is no limitations on God. God, with God, all things are possible. We've heard this time and time again, but there's truth in that. It is true. And so when we may be feeling stuck or we may be feeling limited or we may be feeling restricted or we may not be feeling good enough, we know that if we allow him to and let him into our lives and let him guide us and let him strengthen us and, and share his power with us, that we can accomplish what feels impossible. So if you want confidence, I think it, it does help to believe in God and to turn it, turn to him and to nourish your spiritual self. I also believe that it takes practice. So nobody is great at doing something out the gate unless that's just their spiritual gift. Usually we have to work for what we want. Everything worth having is worth working for. There's truth in that too. It's true. I have to, I have a lot of fears around what I'm going to eat around the holidays because what if my family doesn't like it? What if I don't like it? What if I'm not experiencing the same joy and warm fuzzies and all the feels? I worry the belief that I'll form based on those no negative experiences. And will I just be creating another obstacle for myself? Who knows? But if I do, I suppose it's just something I'm going to have to learn or need to learn, right? Every obstacle is intended to make us stronger. So I need to do it and then be patient. If one recipe doesn't work, find another, find another that is on plan and and be open to, to new things and new experiences. I think I have a choice here that I have to make. I can approach this as I experiment. I can approach this experiment with an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of faith, an attitude of positivity and enthusiasm, an attitude of childlike wonder and awe. Or I can approach it with skepticism, hesitancy, fear, um, all of those things, lack of confidence, I can approach it with that. And since I have a family to consider, obviously I am choosing to, to, to model the very thing that I think I need to do, which is to approach it with a childlike curiosity and wonder and to allow it to be an enjoyable process rather than one that is negative turning it to something positive. I think that's part of it. If I enter into this negatively, chances are I'm going to end up with a negative result. If I en enter into this positively, chances are it will be a positive result. It's not always the case. 
but it can happen that way. I am sharing this in hopes that if you find that you are being inconsistent, that you can take that as an indication the way I have, take that as an indication of a lack of confidence in some way, shape or form, lack of confidence in in the plan you're using, lack of confidence in yourself and really dig deep, like dig lean into that, try to figure out why. And then once you, once you learn why, then decide what you want to do about it. I am deciding to turn to God for help and for an increase in faith and courage to face my fear and to try something new. I am also giving myself permission to practice, which means failure. I might fail until I find just the right thing for myself and my family that I can enjoy during the holidays and make that a special food and not just something that I do, you know, that I cook all the time. I don't cook turkey all the time. I've ground turkey, but I never have turkey in the form that I do at Thanksgiving time. There's special foods. I usually resort to, I used to resort to um, instant potatoes, but at Thanksgiving I do real potatoes, right? So whatever I choose, I just need to make sure that it's special and for that holiday. There's a lot of reasons why we may be inconsistent other than what I talked about to today. I think it's worth taking a look at why, you know, what is it that's causing you to be inconsistent? I chose to discuss the one that seemed hidden and out of view for so long that by the time I had an epiphany about it, I'm like, I, I can't be quiet about it. I just have to share it. So I really wanted to dedicate some time to really expound on that one point, but there are many reasons and many factors that can play into being inconsistent on your health plan or in life in general. This past week was somewhat of a doozy. I had stuff that I had to address, stuff that I had to work through. Uh, It was hard. I ended up not going to church on Sunday and I'm always bummed when that happens. In this case, I just was so mentally or emotionally, mentally and spiritually, spiritually drained that I literally just had no room to feel or think. (laughs) Uh, I stayed home, but I also needed that. And it just means that I will make sure that I don't miss a day where I am spiritually feeding myself. Uh, I try to do that anyway, but especially when I don't make it to church because church, our church is on Sundays and it sets the week for me. It like, it helps me approach the week with a positive attitude and, and, uh, really gives me that extra boost. So I always feel a little, a little bit disappointed when I don't go, but I will just be sure to make it a point to connect with my, with my only father this week and to really pray, um, make sure that I'm praying and that I'm investing time in my relationship with him and in becoming more spiritually strong so that I can get through the week with more ease. (laughs) So I don't want you to be disappointed that Genevieve couldn't come on. Uh, she was sick 
the day that we had scheduled the interview with her, she was sick. So we simply rescheduled. So she will be available to, you'll be available. Can't talk today. You will be able to listen to that interview in December. Um, Erin Hart, I actually am pre-recording an interview with her today and her episode or, you know, the, her message will be available on the 28th. So we also have Tanya Wirfs. Tanya is going live on the 21st. So we have some really awesome things coming up. If you would like to support raising awareness for food addiction and food addiction recovery, if you would like to keep this podcast free, if you want to help your family and friends, please share the link. You can share anchor.fm backslash food diction. F is in Frank, O-O-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. Share that and it should bring up all the episodes and you know, you can share it via text. You can share it via social media. You can share it word of mouth, but I think it's very valuable when you can express what resonated with you to others. Then they understand why you're tuning in every week or you know, trying to tune in consistently to hear these episodes. And then they can make a, a choice and a decision about whether they want to listen to it or not. But please share. That is the best way that you can support this podcast, sharing the link. You can also, I know the app on your phone, on your cell phone, when you see the list of episodes, there's usually three dots by them on the right-hand side. And if you click those three dots, you'll see share or copy link, something to that to that effect. That will also make it super easy to share. So please do that. Join us every Monday, 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Sorry for the delay today, folks. That just trying to get this episode out there was a beast. <laughs> it was really, I hit every obstacle known to man this morning. So the point is it gets out there and it gets out there today. So tune in every Monday. I try to have something there available for you. At least um, if I'm not going live by nine o'clock in the morning, if I'm going live, then you have to hop on exactly at eight and let me know so that I can send you a link to join. That makes it easier for you to join. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you found value in what I shared. This is a lifelong pursuit. And what I want to say is if you find that you aren't consistent in some part of your life, not don't beat yourself up over it, but try to lean in and discover what is preventing you from being more consistent, from having a stronger commitment or conviction, from, you know, really uh, staying motivated and determined to see it through, you know, try to figure that out because once you figure out that piece, you may be unlocking, um, a very important part of staying on track. And I just hope that this episode supports you today. So until next Monday, make today great.